Humans, 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 humans! Welcome to the last Sydney Hollis show of summer! The first you can hear this, the earliest you can hear this is September 22nd. It's the last day of summer. If you're listening to this, the first day you can hear it. I'm recording it Thursday, September 21st. But on Friday, September 22nd, it is the last day of summer. The equinox on the East Coast is like at 2 o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning. This is it. For those of us that have chosen to celebrate summer, embrace summer, live summer, go to the beach or do something outside or just be summery in some kind of a way, we did it. We made it. Not that we knew we would. Not that we thought we would. We're there, but it feels good. It feels good. I feel like we lived it to our fullest. I'm I'm still going to be a little summery on Saturday, to be honest with you. I don't know about Sunday yet. I don't know about Sunday yet, probably, but I, but listen, let's just, let's just focus on the planets. Let's focus on the equinox Friday. If you listen to the show, when it comes out, if you're one of these, one of these folks that listens on Friday, when the show comes out, it's the last day of summer. So welcome. If I sound pumped, I am pumped. If I sound pumped, I am pumped, pumped, pumped. Yes, we are going to talk, talk a little Arnold today. I promised you that last week and we just ran out of time. So we'll talk a tiny bit of Arnold today, but we're going to, we're going to do a little fall preview, a tiny fall preview. Okay. But we're also going to talk some summertime. (laughs) Humans, you know, I've been watching Deer Hunter. I told you before, Deer Hunter is on Netflix right now. Set aside three hours, put down the distractions. It's a film. It's jam-packed with information. It's three hours, so, you know, it's it's a lot. You need to be in the right headspace, mark, mark off the time. Or, you know what? Chisel off an hour a night for three nights. Why not? Start on a Thursday. Watch a Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. That sounds kind of fun. Where I'm from. Talk a little deer hunter. We'll talk a little deer hunter. Uh, I saw something that upset me. I saw something that upset me a couple days ago. And humans, I just got off the phone getting us an answer. Solo stove. Solo stove. You know, these backyard fire pits that became so popular during COVID-19. And I don't want to slam them too hard because I was, I, I believed in you know, wearing masks. I believed in seeing friends outdoors from six feet away. I tried to do my part. And then in some ways it was like a fun puzzle to solve. And, you know, with a source of heat, you can hang out a lot longer. So I'm, I'm, I'm making fun of solo stoves a little bit, but also like I, I, I get it. And Hey, fire pits are fun. But I saw something that I think upset me. I'm pretty sure I'm upset. Solo stove makes a pizza oven. Makes a backyard little metal pizza oven. And it's got me in a twist. And someone here, part of the show, 
has a pizza oven. So I called him up. So we're going to get to that interview today with Pat from Chicago. You know him. He participates in the show from time to time, like many of you do. So welcome, humans. Welcome. And since we are, you know, since we are leaping into fall in a, f- in a few days, we're bidding farewell to summer, we're leaping into fall. And doesn't it feel good because it doesn't feel rushed? Labor Day's too soon. Now I'm ready. I'm still going to hang out outside as long as I can this year. Still going to go to the park. Still going to do some picnicking. Hell, hell. Maybe I'll get another beach day in. I don't know. If the weather will cooperate on the days off that I have. <laughs> So we're going to talk a little fall, and then we'll backtrack and talk a little summer. How about that? Pumpkin. Pumpkin beer. Now, I said it a few weeks ago. We're not going to be one of these shows that says, is it too early? Is it too early for pumpkin? Have they gone too far with pumpkin? Have they gone too far? Now there's pumpkin in, you know, whatever, name of food. Now, there's pumpkin in my raisin plant brand flakes. Now, there's pumpkin in my uh, street food. You know, I go to get some halal, some some lamb over rice. Now, there's pumpkin in that. I mean, what, what's, what's going to be too far, right? We're not doing that at the show because we're smarter than that. We just admit this exists. There's going to be pumpkin in everything. And then it's, it's liberating because we don't have to waste our time on it anymore. Or not so fast. Pumpkin beer. You know, for years, for years, friend of mine, old, an old podcast co-host of mine, Brad, Brad here in New York, Brad Howe, he was the one that turned me on to, now, now maybe I would have come upon it myself, who knows, but he turned me on to the idea of like, oh, I try not to have a pumpkin beer until October. And I've lived my life that way. And I think I mentioned before, if there's certain pumpkin beers you like, sometimes you need to buy them in September so you can have them in October because they go. And I'll just go ahead and say it. My favorite pumpkin beer is Pumpkin from Southern Tier Brewery. Southern Tier out, out on Long Island. I love it. And when I have other ones, I'm like, this is good. But it's, you know, sometimes we get in our mind what we think, what we what our favorite is, you know, and then everything... Some things are different. It's it's fun to taste them, but I'm like, I need a, I want a pumpkin or two every year. But humans, I'm thinking, is October 1st? You know, let's think about the pumpkin. When do you start, besides at stores, besides at stores, when do you start seeing the pumpkin? You see the jack-o'-lantern? I mean, unless there's some kook. It decorates for Halloween early. You start seeing the jack-o'-lantern outside of people's houses a couple days before Halloween. And then you see everyone with jack-o'-lanterns on Halloween. And then, and, and I mean like the plastic ones too, not someone carving a pumpkin. So pumpkin starts what? A week before Halloween is when pumpkin starts? And then of course... The non-jack-o'-lantern style of pumpkin goes right through to Thanksgiving. And, of course, you could have pumpkin pie on Christmas. So does pumpkin... We know it's, we know this stuff's going to be out. 
But if you're if you're a purist, if you're trying to be dogmatic about it, which I already admit I've had a pumpkin coffee this year. But if you're trying to be dogmatic about it, if you're trying to make yourself into a pumpkin beer purist, does that mean pumpkin beer season actually starts like five to seven days before Halloween? Is that really when it starts? Is October 1st a little too soon? I'm wondering. Or do we just say it's on Halloween? Did we say it's on Halloween? Is that an adult's trick-or-treat? Treat. Is that when it is? Is the first day of pumpkin beer on Halloween? All Hallows' Eve. Or is it when you have friends over to carve a couple of gourds? Let me know, humans. Let me know. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. You know how to do it. Record into the voice memo app on your phone. Hit the share button and share it with listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Of course, you can do a typed email if that's more your speed. But this is an audio medium. And we welcome both styles of submission. Summertime. Summertime. Shirtless, warm weather, and how could we forget our own little tanning club here at the Sydney Hollis Show, here in the hideaway, our tanning club called American Male. For my money, they're saying the suntanned crew called American Male. For my money. And that's what we have here. We have a tanning crew here at the Sydney Hollis Show. And we're taking back the word male. In terms of it doesn't have to mean gender. It's just a word. Anyone can be a member of the sun-tanned crew called American Male. Males, females, people who identify as neither, people who identify as both. Doesn't matter. It's just a word. We're taking it back. We have the power. That word, those four letters don't have the power. So anyone can be a member of the suntan crew called All-American Mail. The suntan crew called All-American Mail. And humans, much like the planets are aligning or the sun's aligning or however it works, you know, with the equinoxes and Stonehenge and all that, the stars aligned. And they brought me a gift. They brought me a gift. And it's... If we ever wondered what the suntanned crew called All-American Male looks like, of course, that's the song Beach Baby. I can't remember who it's by. It's not important right now. The stars brought me something, humans. They brought me an album cover. You know the band Orleans. They sing... Dance with me. I want to be your partner. Uh, And they also sing, Still the one that I talk to in bed. Still the one that I turn my head. Or Or what have you, right? We know the band Orleans. It's some delightful soft rock. Yes, I say soft rock. I don't, I don't say yacht rock. I don't say Yacht Rock. I say Soft Rock. 
We all know Orleans. Well, I was listening to some Orleans, and I look at my Spotify, you know, I'm streaming, and there's this delightful album cover. The Orleans album, <laughs> album, Waking and Dreaming. Now, I know very little about the band Orleans besides their two hits that I know. Maybe they have more than two hits. But it's these five guys. They are shirtless. They are hugging. And that's what I imagine a sun-tanned crew called All-American Male looks like. Humans, if you want to see the album cover, of course, it's called Waking and Dreaming. It's an album by Orleans. You can look it up, of course, on the web, or I've got it. I've got it for you on the website, sydneyhollishow.com. You will find it there. And I know I promised you two weeks ago that I would have a picture of Matt Dillon in a men's blouse, and I didn't follow through with that. And humans, I'm sorry. That will be up too. Word is bond. I know part of part of this relationship is reliability. You wanna. You want to listen to the show on Friday morning or whenever it is that you listen. And when I say something's going to be on the site and you, you take your time, you thumb out the address or you type it, that it's there. So it's on me to be reliable, like in any relationship. So forgive me, humans, but I promise it will be there. And these guys, I mean, is this what life was like? In the late 70s? Like, were men more comfortable with each other? Where it was like not a big deal to just all be like chest to back, shoulder to shoulder, arms around each other, like shirts off. I mean, I feel like you do that with buddies when you're like, and listen, I'm not, I don't want, I don't, I'm not trying to come across homophobic here because I'm not. I hug my friends. I tell my friends I love them. And I have no problem hugging another one of my buddies without without a blouse on. But I just think you also don't see this very often. Can I say that? Can I say that? You don't see men embracing so warmly. Blouse or no blouse. And this, it's an inspiring photo. And what a great thing to be talking about. Here on the last show of summer, a visual representation of what the suntan crew called All American Male would look like. Suntan crew called All American Male. Did you do any tanning this summer, humans, with with a group? <laughs> Did you participate in being the suntan crew called All American Male? Let me know. Listener line at sydneyhollishow dot com. Now, speaking of listener line at sydneyhollishow dot com, we do have a submission this this week and we'll get to that later and of course we're going to talk some pizza oven but before that let's let's dive back into the topic this is a fall topic of conference realignment college football we could say college sports but let's be real college football realignment i'm scared I have the chills. I'm anxious. 
You know, for me, as someone who watches the Southeastern Conference, and of course I'm a Tennessee fan, you know, you guys know that about me. My sister's a Georgia fan, and uh, many of my friends are both, or are either, either or. And of course, I, you know, whatever. And I have, you know, you know me, humans, I, I have a friend or two, and then I become a fan of their teams, too. I, you know, I love to tune in, and I love to see good matchups. And I love to watch Southeastern Conference football, regardless who's playing. You know, I love the matchups. I love it all. And it's been on CBS for a very long time. Like, they, CBS gets first dibs on whatever game they want. So they usually get the biggest SEC game of the week. And, you know, because the SEC is a very strong conference, then that's usually leading to some incredible matchups on network television. Usually at 3.30, sometimes they'll have a doubleheader, and then one will be at 3.30, one will be at 7.30, whatever. And then, of course, the overflow goes to ESPN and then all these various other things. That's the way it's gone. So that's one thing, Kim. Just... We've talked about that. Let's put that's on the coffee table. We're gonna we're gonna merge all these topics here in a second. The other thing is West Coast. I've been hearing this for a while now. West Coast teams like the people don't get as into them. Well, it's and it's you know one of the reasons they say is that you know when a game starts at seven p.m. local time in California. You know, it's tough for an East Coaster to watch them. It's a game that starts at 10. Now, when I had a job where I was working 3 to 11 all the time, I lived for those. I'm like, sweet. I can catch the last two hours of this game. Finally, I've been work all night wanting to watch college football. But I, I get their point. I see it. I get it. But I start to think. As these conferences get watered down, in my opinion, and now, of course, we discussed, was it last week or two weeks ago, that Stanford and Cal are joining the ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference. Of course, those are two teams from the Pacific. Does this mean that like, it's going to get watered down and every conference is going to have people from the West Coast? And so then to watch your favorite team play, you're going to have to watch a game that starts at 10 p.m. if you're an East Coaster? Because that gives me the chills. As an East Coaster, in general, we bear the brunt of the late nights when it comes to sports. We bear the brunt. We have the tough road to hell. And college football seems like the only time where we actually were like living on easy street. Nice game at noon. You know, not competitive games in general aren't aren't usually. I'm talking in general at noon. Then you got some great three thirty games, and then there's probably going to be a really good seven o'clock game. And then it's like, all right, whatever. Some stuff starts at ten, and if I want to watch it while I fall asleep, or I want to go out and glance at a screen now and then when I'm out with my friends, whatever, it'll be on. But otherwise, World Series, the NBA Finals. Even the Super Bowl starts at 6.30 over here. 5.30 in Central Time. 4.30 in Mountain Time. 3.30 Pacific Time. We're always getting screwed over sleep-wise. 
I mean, the national championship in college, I think some years it starts at like freaking nine o'clock at night on a Monday. <laughs> or at least 8.30, Monday Night Football. 8.30, dude. Those lucky people. I don't know what word I was about to say, but it wasn't going to be nice. Those lucky people in California get their Monday Night Football at 5.30. These mountain timers, they get it at 6.30. 8.30. We East Coasters that like sports pay the price more often than not when it comes to the stuff that's for the whole country. And I fear that if my favorite conference gets these West Coast teams eventually, great. Now I've got to watch a Tennessee game that starts at 10 o'clock. I mean, naturally, you're not going to see Tennessee play Florida or Alabama play Ole Miss at 10 because those are both going to be in the same time zone. Or will they as they get more national appeal? I don't know. But certainly if you're if somehow Oregon's ever in the same conference, then we gotta watch this Oregon, you know, Oregon, South Carolina. Of course I know Oregon already joined a different conference. I'm just making a point here, humans. But Oregon State's up for grabs. Oregon State's up for grabs right now. Oregon State and Washington State are the only two teams left in the Pac twelve. The Pac two. And they play each other this weekend. <laughs> Incredible. The poor teams that no one wants, that no one's, that, that, what's going to happen to them? Hung out the drive, but they're playing each other this weekend. Kind of funny. But humans, back to my point. I'm getting the shivers because this sport that I love to watch so much, am I going to start watching it at 10 o'clock at night? Not that I don't mind. You know, I watched Colorado, Colorado State. It was a 10 p.m. kickoff last week. But it was tough and I couldn't finish the game. I missed all the dramatics. I missed overtime. I couldn't stay up. Don't do that to me. Now, I know there's other football heads out there that have got to be. Maybe you weren't wondering about it. Maybe you are. Are you worried? And now it looks like the Southeastern Conference is going to be on ABC Network instead of CBS starting next year. It's just giving me the chills. I like the CBS music. But I'm sure if you're... You know, whatever whatever network your favorite team plays on more often, you kind of you kind of have a soft spot for that music. You know? If you're, a, <laughs> if you're an NFL fan and you really just have the, the Fox sports music or the CBS sports music. Or I guess whatever. Occasionally NBC. Or ESPN. Anyway, humans, that was a long way of saying Boy, when they water down these conferences, are we going to? Is the East Coast, are East Coast viewers going to get screwed over once again, like we do with every other thing? Let's start the Super Bowl at five thirty, man, or four thirty. Let the Californians watch it earlier. So, humans, I told you we're going to have an interview today, and we're going to get to that in a moment. We are going to check in with the listener line, and if you hear, if you hear some. Some, like, laughing and, like, wailing sounds. Uh, some of my neighbors are outside laughing up a storm. Something really funny must be going on. But I, I assure you, I've got all my windows closed, and I'm doing my best, and that's that's all we can really ask for, humans. So, and the listener line, shall we? Hi, Sid. This is your mom. I'd like to comment on your discussion of the wearing of khakis. 
When your dad and I would attend state, regional, and national psychology meetings, all the males were wearing khaki pants and blue blazers. So it was a challenge to find your dad in the crowd when the sessions let out. No one ever discussed the wearing of khakis, but it was definitely the unwritten uniform. So humans, how do you like that? Khakis. Now, first of all, that's Betsy and Savannah. How do you like that? My own mother. My mom, my sister, I think my dad's been on here before. Maybe he hasn't yet. What's well, a family affair? <laughs> it's a family affair. So, a few weeks back, humans, I was saying I've been wearing khakis to work now and then, and it's blowing everyone's mind. And I was thinking, like, this is crazy, because khaki is, like, the most neutral pant. I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you could teach a khaki, that like, the, the value of, uh, excuse me, if you could teach an AI that the value of khaki is, like, zero, you know... That that's neutral, and then everything is one, two, three, four, or negative one, two, three, four. It would learn so much, and I stand by that. And it sounds like my my mom sounds like Betsy and Savannah here is making the same point. She's like, "Hey, your dad and I used to go to these conventions. Now they've been in D.C., they've been in Atlanta. The old man's a retired psychologist. My mom's a retired school teacher." And Spanish teacher. And they would go to these things. And sometimes my sister and I would go and then we'd either stay in the hotel or we'd get to go play and whatever. Go to the pool, my mom would take us, then we'd have to go find my dad. This is before cell phones, humans. Where you had to <laughs> designate a meeting place. And then that that was it. Like, that that was it. There was no... Back up. It's not like you're going to go back to the... You're not going to, like, like... The only alternative would be, gosh, we've tried forever to find this person, and now we have to go back to the room and hope that they eventually come back to the room. That just wasn't an option. You're in a big city. I mean, yeah, Atlanta to Savannah is a pretty big jump. D.C. from Savannah is a huge jump. And wherever the heck else they went. <laughs> so before cell phones to find your husband in a crowd and everyone's wearing khakis and blue blazers it sounds tough it sounds tough and, and you know may as well throw this in too my old man has a beard I'm sure a lot of psychologists have beards <laughs> So it must have been impossible to find him. It must have been impossible to find him. I mean, it would just have to be like, I imagine in like, you know, when they were shooting the Dead Poet Society and there was a lot of people at the, you know, extras that were supposed to fill out what the school looked like. I think they wore like blazers and khakis. You know, but just a sea of blazers and khakis. I can't imagine what it was like for her to find him, but I guess we found him every time. <laughs> Thank you, Mother. That's Betsy and Savannah, everyone. All right, humans. Let's get to this interview. Let's talk. Let's talk some pizza oven. Humans, you know him. You love him. 
He's Pat from Chicago. Most recently, he dressed as um, a character from Caddyshack in our summer movie costume, summer movie audio costume contest. He was uh, Dorenzio or something like Denunzio, Denunzio from Caddyshack. He's Pat in Chicago. Pat, say hi to the humans. Humans, hello, Sid. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. And humans, I uh, we were doing a quick little audio test for this call. This is a last-minute call. And I said, Pat, there's a little bit of noise in the background. He said, yeah, I'm skateboarding home from work. Yeah, you can get a little bit of that. There you go. <laughs> so um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my hypothesis, Pat, and this will be the humans' first time hearing it too. So the other day I was watching television and I was watching one of my weird, crappy antenna channels. And sometimes they have ads on these channels that I think are more suited for social media, but I, I they just end up on there. And I saw an ad for Solo Stove. Those of you that don't know, Solo Stove is one of those little backyard um, fire pits you can buy that became so popular uh, during the pandemic. And... Uh, there was a Solo Stove pizza oven commercial, and I was – my mouth was agape. I was upset, and, and and maybe I shouldn't feel upset. Maybe I should. I don't know. But I was like, a, a, a buy-your-own-pizza oven? I was like, I know a guy in Chicago that built a pizza oven, and I, I need to pick his brain on this because, like, I mean, is your culture for sale, Pat? I mean, I think it is. I think the answer is very clear that it is. Uh, they want to package it. They want to promote it. They want to sell it in one or two clicks. And uh, One know, or two clicks. You know, if does that, depending on if you're using like Apple Pay, it can be very easy. You don't have to enter any information. Just get that thing. But like, if you order that and you get it, does that create a culture? I think that might be the question. Okay. Okay. Well, right. Like, just because you have the stuff, does it really mean that you that you have it and you're living it? That's I don't know. True. That's true. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. But this is like I've never heard that before, but I love it. Buy it in one or two clicks, and yep. like how many, how many clicks or how many analog version of clicks did it take for you to 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 build and to make and to because you built your pizza oven right you built it with love i mean you really built it talk, talk to us about that yeah well i was uh my myself and my neighbor matt who lives on the first floor of our building this was a, a project that we had started in the fall of 2019 so before covid hit and we both were at a moment in our lives where we we're like man we need a good project and, and he was like a pretty he is, uh, you know, he's working as like a general contractor right now. But prior to that, prior to this career he's in now, he was working as a consultant at Accenture. He should really be part of this conversation, but maybe we'll get him back for a follow-up at some point. Um, and so he was pretty handy and had some like tools and stuff that we, that we needed to kind of uh, put the idea into practice. But um, neither one of us had ever done any masonry before and just decided to do this as a project. We started in September of 2019 and finished it in December. And when we finished it, we had, we had to build, you finished uh, it in like, December of 2019. Yeah. We okay. had to build a tent to finish the oven and like do the final, like stucco and mortaring and all this stuff in a tent where we had two, uh, 
like um like electric radiators in there uh and we built this tent so we could like keep it at a certain temperature because you can't really do you know like concrete or like um masonry work in freezing temperatures it just doesn't work when we're talking Um, chicago here yeah and it was it it snowed on halloween and it almost completely torpedoed uh our our spirits and broke the project but we like like no we're not gonna let this ruin it and we like rallied and made it all happen so the tent operation basically started in november and lasted like a month and a half (laughs) we finished it so you're already i mean listen to this you're already telling me that you had to have a backup plan you had to build something to build a thing you had to come up with a tent with electric radiators this is not one or two clicks this is not some i'm gonna put a pizza oven on my picnic table in my backyard far from it dude far from it now you were gonna say something excuse me no no i was just gonna say like i think the reason why we like it so much i mean so i'll say this like having a little oven where you can like get it really hot and you can cook pizzas in it for your family, for your friends, like for your kids and having it be like really convenient and sit on a table. That's pretty cool. You know, like, cause one of the keys to cooking good pizza is having a high temperature and your oven in your kitchen just doesn't get hot enough. People use like pizza stones and that's fine. But like, I mean, really you want that, that oven to be like a minimum, I think is 600 degrees. 600. Like, yeah, minimum. You're really, it does go, yeah, 600 minimum, baby. And, and I think it does really well when it's like seven, 800. And then like the Neapolitan pizzas, the ones that they cook in those cool domed ovens that you see, they're cooking those things around a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. Um, thank you so for the, those, uh, thank you for letting us know which, uh, um, scale we were using. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, you gotta be accurate. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, like that's, um, those pizzas, though, at that temperature, they cook in like two minutes, uh, sometimes less. Um, so when you build it, when you have like uh, an oven, like the one that you can buy, like I don't know how hot it gets, but I imagine it gets pretty hot. Um, you get a much better quality pizza. So it's actually a product that is, I think, worth it. Now, does it make you like, uh, I don't know, like, are you really getting into cooking pizzas that you can use it all the time? Or is it just going to be another thing that like sits in your uh, garage or your storage room and you forget that you had, you know, when you build an oven in your backyard with your, with your hands doing like manual labor for a few months, like, and it's just there as like a, a built in uh, piece of the property. When we built it, we were like, we want to build this thing to last a hundred years. And that was our whole goal. So when we move out of this building, by the way, we both rent in this building. We don't own the property. Uh, <laughs> We're going to come back when we're like 80 and be like, there's a pizza oven. You know, we built that thing in 2019. <laughs> I'm 15 for a moment. That, that, that song's called 100 Years. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, God. See, that's why I love you, Sid. That's why I listen to the show for <laughs> knowledge, knowledge and information like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, okay, so, so like – how hot i mean I'm, I'm speculating here but like how hot do we think that this thing made out of aluminum or something can get i mean it can it get to 600 degrees or are yeah, we are they being I, honest with us those some of those ovens get a thousand degrees they can get them really hot they've done them in a good way and i think they're made out of stainless steel so you're aware you're out. aware of these products oh yeah oh yeah i'm well well aware because as you might imagine when people see these things they send me links to them like you did today wow. uh, like, what, like, what do you think like, this has happened many times over the last few years so i thought i was unique but i am i am just another uh ant marching dude 
you're a little late to the game, you know? This has been going on for a few years already. This was supposed to be the interview that put the podcast on the map. <laughs> uh, it still could. We still have time. I think it's possible. Um, we just have to cover a little bit more ground. The other thing that you had sent me was the solo stove. Now, the solo stove, for those of you that don't know, is like this. The fire pit thing, you mean? Fire pit thing. Yeah. Those, those really annoy me. Um, because those things became very, uh, hot commodities, pun intended, uh, during, during COVID when everyone was outside, it could only hang outside and they were selling those things for like six, seven hundred dollars, right? They were really expensive. Then they were sold out and you'd go like, Oh, you got one of those. But my neighbor, Matt was like, Oh, you can just get like the inside of a dryer. Uh, and just like use that instead. And it's just as good. And that's what we have in our backyard. We have two of them where you just go to an appliance store where, you know, like they have, they sell used and old appliances and they got hundreds of those things lying around. They, they just gave it to us for free and we just use that. And it was hundred percent free. It just took a little bit of, uh, thinking about it differently versus spending 800 bucks on something you can get for free. So that, that cracks me up. Well, fair enough. I have some. I have some friends, and some of them listen to the podcast. That they have like these kegs where the top has been cut off with some kind of mechanism, and then there's slats in the side uh, uh, for for ventilation. And, and uh, it sounds like a similar thing, but that's that's huge. The inside of a dryer. That cylinder is massive. Yeah, it's a big cylinder, and like you you can use some things to modify it. Some of them have holes in them already. Uh, some of them don't, so you can like kind of drill into the side if you need to create more ventilation. Then you can like raise it from the ground, like we just put it on like top of bricks, um, so it kind of gets that airflow from underneath and it works. I mean, like I don't think it's anything that special, and I think it's I'm happy for people that bought the solo stoves and have them and use them. That's great too. Um, but there's an alternative out there, and you know I think we uh, I don't know let's let's. Uh, now, yeah, yeah. I, I do want to ask you about pizza, but if we have time for another dryer, uh, a dryer, um, uh, f- dryer fire barrel question, you have two in your yard, so you're you're doing some entertaining. Yeah, so we will have the pizza oven going, and then that's kind of just like you know cooking food, making pizza, and then if it's colder out, like as we head into the fall months here you might have one or one or two of those things with with fire in them as well for people to kind of gather around and and what we've done is actually take like an old weber grill grate and put it on top of the the um the the cylinder and then you can like cook burgers on it and stuff like that incredible (laughs) (laughs) you're like john favreau like opening a food truck or something dude yeah we've had some good dinners back there you know um and you know Sid Sid has an open invitation to to stay over here anytime he wants. Uh, just I'm waiting for you to come over here and uh, you know do a live version of the show from our backyard. I think I think we need compelling audio from as close as I can get my microphone to the uh, the you know however many hundred degree pizza oven. Yeah, we need to hear the heat. We'll get that thing up to about near a thousand degrees for you. Uh, so you get yours awesome. up to a thousand. You get your personal one that you built up to a thousand. Yeah, but you got to put a lot of wood in there because um, it's a bigger oven than those little ones. So it takes a lot more to get it up to temp. But um, definitely, we, we've gotten it. We've gotten it hot for sure. And we have one of those little guns that you can like. It has like a laser that it points and it tells you like what the heat is. Yeah. Now I have a yeah. I have a pizza query. So you know. 
we're we're only talking about half the the part here the the oven but like like you know i'm assuming you you've you're on your way to becoming a master master pizza maker if you haven't already i mean that's got to be a whole nother ball of wax that these two clickers aren't counting on yeah i'd say well so here's the thing like uh you know it's like a lot of things like making pizza sauce is kind of like making simple syrup. It's so simple yet. A lot of people think they like need to buy it, you know? Okay. Um, it's like, you know, like simple syrup is like just you take water and put sugar in it and heat it up till the sugar melts and you have simple syrup, which is what you use in my cocktails. But people are like, Oh, I need to buy it at the store. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> and, and, and then like pizza sauce is like, you just get a, a, a can of tomatoes and open it and you can, um, you know, smash them up the whole peeled tomatoes, smash them up with your hands or you can, you can blend them if you want. So people say don't blend them, but you can blend them if you want. Just put a little salt and olive oil and, and put a little bit of a uh, fresh garlic in there and, and, and you're good to go. That's all you need. Very simple. You don't cook it. It's just fresh. That's uh, for the tomatoes. sauce. Couldn't be simpler. Yeah. So you can tweak with like the types of tomatoes that you like. You know, you find the can of tomatoes you like. We like San Marzano tomatoes here and there's different brands of San Marzano tomatoes. Um, the amount of like salt or olive oil or garlic you put in, you can put a little basil in there. Of course you can do whatever you want. That's a thing. So that's one component. And then the pizza does the other, right? So making pizza dough is also simple, but it is a little bit more of an undertaking and it takes time to get a good pizza dough. It's got to ferment for like at least 24 hours to get some flavor to it. And I think my dough is pretty good. Um, but we had a guy in our, uh, our backyard last year who goes by the name professor pizza. <laughs> and Professor Pizza uh, is a Chicago guy that is a renowned pizza chef. And during COVID months, he was doing like a ghost kitchen, right, where he was just making pizzas and like ha- and then having people pick them up at this spot. And he would give them to them, make sure they get pizzas. And one of my buddies wanted to have a party in our backyard. And he hired Professor Pizza to cook back there. And the professor was cooking pizzas in our oven. I was real nervous because this is a legit guy. And I was like, how is it? Is it holding up to the test? And he's like, no, it's doing really good. So that was a thrill to have it vetted by Professor Pizza. But wow. I thought I was good at making pizza. And what I learned is that I actually sucked. I was like a preschooler playing against a college basketball player. <laughs> so I have a long way to go uh, to get better. But that's also exciting. You know, you're just I'm just scratching the surface. That's exciting. Now. Now, you know, again, I'm picking on these people and I just, I guess I have an ax to grind, you know, and I'm not being as accepting as maybe I, as I, as I'd like to be, but I mean, you're talking about making the dough and doing this process 24 hours before, you know, these fly by night solo stove people, like they're thinking they're going to like grab a couple ingredients, put this thing on their patio and like have a pizza night, you know, instantly. Well, you can always go buy dough at the store, too. And sometimes when we have guests come over that want to cook pizza and it's short notice and I haven't made dough, that's the only option. So you go to, like, your Whole Foods or a lot of the grocery stores will just make them. Um, or you can even find, uh, like, a pizza place and go in there and be like, hey, can I buy some dough? Um, and it's not expensive. And then you just have dough that's ready to go. So, um, But if you're going to plan it out and know you're doing a pizza night on Wednesday, yeah, you should make your own dough. It's not that hard. Wednesday, dude. You're a weekday guy. Yeah, dude. You could do a Wednesday, you know? I mean, if you're the guy that's got the stove and you're cooking with your family and you're putting it on the table, you know, I don't know. But yeah, I, I fired up the oven on, on a weekday. <laughs> I got crazy. 
And like, and then, you know, while we're talking about wood, this is wood fired pizza, I think like, where do we get the wood? How much is a, bu- no, you don't have to tell us prices. You know, we're not, we're not oh, that. We well, don't want to. Well, we wanna... So I mean, I'll give you the backstory. Like this is when we were first doing it a few years ago, we were like, Oh, we got to go buy wood from the firewood supplier that supplies the restaurants with their, you know, the Oak concept. You want to use a hardwood. Um, and a lot of the restaurants that have like a wood burning pizza oven or any like a wood burning oven, you know, they'll use like a hardwood, a lot of times oak. And so that you can get oak splits, like thin oak splits. Um, but you pay a premium for that, right? Um, it's dried, it's kiln dried, it's ready to go, and it's cut to size. You want smaller pieces of wood so you can control the temperature, you know what I mean? Okay. Um, so we did that for a while. I was like, this is too expensive and the, and whatever. So during COVID, uh, my, Matt, my neighbor and I, we just started like looking for trees that had been cut down. And then going out there with like chainsaws and like cutting sections of trees and putting them in our car and then driving back. Yes. And we just, we started to do this like all over the city. And like two weeks ago, there was a tree that had been taken down and I was like, let's go get it. Uh, and we just loaded a few pieces up and that's how we get our wood. Now you have to have enough so it has time to dry out. Cause if it's like fresh, like green wood, it's not great for burning. Um, but again, once you get that thing hot enough, you can throw almost anything in there. So you're like an urban forager here. Yeah, for the wood, for sure. <laughs> like this, this like this like harkens back to like when when people were first settling Chicago. You know, like well, needing this as a fuel. It's funny. A couple of years ago, one of our our friends opened up this um, kind of co working space and social club not far from here, and they had an outdoor fire pit. And, uh, they, they were like, yeah, they were buying, we noticed like wood from like the grocery store and like little bundles. And we were like, Hey, you need wood. We're going to get your firewood. Like, we'll take care of it. We just want to drink for free here anytime we come. So they said, yeah. So basically like bartered our skill to drink for free, uh, at this place anytime we went there, uh, which is pretty great. And then this guy actually interviewed us on a podcast that he had a couple, a couple years ago too. So we talked about it with him. Well, well, well. Yeah. <laughs> Does that podcast still exist? It might. I'll you know. I'll look for the link and I'll see where it is. I don't really know. Well, it's I, not. I was podcast hope- like the Sydney Hollis show. It's I was hoping you were to say here. no. You know, most podcasts it, fail after five episodes. You know, something uh, say. This one did. Guaranteed, this one did. Like <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to speak disparaging of it, but this was like one of his projects that he was doing at the time, and he had done like he did like a series, but I don't know. Like it, it, it's nowhere near the like level of success of the Sydney Hollis show. Kind Doesn't of have, didn't say. have a lasting power either, but that's hard. <laughs> Not many are. Kind of you to say, Pat. Kind of you to oh. say. <laughs> now, can it's I true. just? I do want to. I do want to say something. This I love the urbanity of this because you didn't say we put the wood in our trucks. You said we put it in our cars. Yeah, yeah. Just I throw it in the back of my Mini Cooper. <laughs> nice like chainsaw and some work gloves into a mini cooper now like as as people that were um you know as like guys like us like just miss being gen xers but i i i fail to to, i fail to see how we resemble millennials a lot of the time right but uh the local news the local news people our age i don't think watch like the 11 o'clock news much anymore you know they we find our news in other ways but I wonder if for the two of you, do you guys watch the 11 o'clock news after a big rain to see what neighborhood they're like interviewing someone who like a tree fell on their house and you're like, we're, we're going to Womet tomorrow. Like, let's go get that tree. 
Totally. I mean, I think that like when there is a, when there is, first of all, uh, yes, WGN, the local news here, uh, both of us watch and maybe I'm in, we're influenced to watch it for some of those reasons, but there are things you pay attention to. And then like up in Wilmette or Evanston near where my parents lives, uh, I, a couple of years ago, I noticed like they had cleared a bunch of trees on a public golf course by there. And I was like, Oh my God, this is like the most important discovery I've made in so long. And I was like, we're going up there. We like did so many trips to take wood from up there and it was great. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, let me just say quickly that my buddies who have the uh, – the ke- they call it a keg fire. They have this keg fire thing. Uh, they they go looking for Christmas trees after Christmas so they can uh, use those to burn. They just burn it for the for the aesthetic and for the warmth, you know, not to, to cook on. But they similarly – Have you ever burned a Christmas tree before? I've been with them when they've burned them. They go up quick. Is it not one of the most impressive things that you've ever seen? And the sound, the sound. So it's funny you say that because for the last few Christmases, uh, we collect all the Christmas trees in our alley and bring them into our backyard and throw them in the old dryer bins. And like, they just go up so fast. It's yeah, it's so much fun. (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) No, I mean, like, again, can a solo stove pizza oven can it handle, you know, renegade wood? Or is there going to be some kind of buildup in there that your thing is like, like, like gets hot oh, enough to destroy? One of, the, one of the main things with those is that they say that they're hybrid. You can put wood in them, but mostly people just hook them up to a propane tank, and they're just oh. doing gas. Oh, with these, with these, with these pizza oven things? Yeah, I, I, I would. They're not big enough to really get proper wood in there and make it work in the way a wood burning oven would. I mean, they say you can, but I, I don't really know how good that works. Most people just use propane. And you told me you, we, we started talking briefly before we went on air, but I said, let's save this for the, for on air so that it's all, all new and interesting. And, and, you know, that, that we're learning, I'm learning when the humans learn, but you did mention, you were like, is this the, you said there's a brand called Uni or something? Yeah. Uni is like the, the high level or the really good, pizza oven that's like that that i've like you know a couple people i know have them and i've eaten pizzas off them and and they're they're pretty good but they're they're kind of expensive too but you know i don't know i have a different i have a different path to my pizza oven experience i mean it's i i think it's great i mean you scratched a lot of i think my itches but i think a lot of people's itches it was a it was a project. You were getting to know like a friend of yours, a neighbor. Yep. You got it went long, which, like, let's let's face it, any project any of us ever try to do always is like five times longer than we think it's going to be. Totally, you found a solution, you know, uh, and and now you're still doing it, which is impressive because so many people shelved these projects, you know. Yeah, no, we finished it, which is the most important thing, and then once it's done, it's just there looking at you every time you walk outside in the backyard, so you're like, oh, let's use this thing, but it's also a lot of fun, and like people from around here and our friends, like they will text us like, hey, can we, can we do a night at the oven, can we cook out there, and it's just become a great thing for, um, for anyone that we know, and we've developed a lot of good friendships through having this oven because someone's friend of a friend will come back there and we'll just be, you know, cooking pizza. Maybe we'll do a steak in there. You can do a lot of different food. And the friend of a friend will be like, Oh my God. Hey, uh, have you ever done, have you ever cooked like a duck in here? 
No, he said, I'd love to cook a duck. I'm like, well, then you're invited back. Bring everything you need and we'll do it. They come back. They cook the duck. We had our buddy cook, uh, like some Thai food in there. It's delicious. He's come back a bunch and you end up attracting like, it's like a flywheel. More people hear about it and they want to come back and they're like, People that like cooking really love cooking on it because it's like an outdoor cooking experience. Well, that's fantastic. Now, Pat, I know you're in a hurry, so I just want to ask you one last question. Yeah. Do you think these pizza ovens, these these two click, you're two clicks away from buying a pizza oven, <laughs> you know, should they market that you can have new friends in two clicks? Because it sounds like that's where this leads. New friends in two clicks. Yeah, I, I think I think it's like that's probably right. I think, I think that they could, you could make that argument. And I think, uh, if I was the advertiser, I might, I might try to run with that. You know, um, I think that would be like one campaign they could run and they could target a certain demographic of people with that. Um, yeah, one, two clicks, two clicks to buy the oven and then like two clicks to make a friend or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. two more. Because they, they can build that into the buying experience. So basically it's, it's, it's a click to pick your oven. It's a click to buy it. And then they say, share this with a friend or someone that you follow on Instagram that you want to get to know better. And then you click to share it with them and you can type in a note to invite them over for pizza. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat, you've been so gracious with your time. I know you were in a hurry and you were very kind to, to take this call on short notice. <laughs> This is a thrill, Sid. Uh, thanks for having me. It's wonderful. I mean, we could talk for hours about this stuff, and I'd love to come back and talk about, uh, you know, any num- any any subject that you want to bring me on. I'm all, I'm always here for the show. Well, very kind of you, and I think I'll take you up on your offer this fall, and we will talk for hours uh, around the the pizza oven. And I do want to start with traditional pizza. I'm not ready for exotic bird just yet. <laughs> Fair, fair enough. You got to work your way up to it. That's completely fair. Um, but coming this fall, 2023, the Sydney Hollis Show live at the Oakley Oven in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, I love it. Well, thanks for coming on, Pat. All right. See you, Sid. Wow. Thank you, Pat. Great, great talk. I feel like I mean I'm 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 motivated. I may not build a pizza oven, but I'm motivated to do a project. And humans. Really quickly, forgive me, forgive me, Pat. Humans, he said goodbye to you guys. I said, thanks so much for coming on, Pat, and uh, something like that. And then he said, yeah, anytime, Sid, or thanks, Sid. And then I hit stop on the recording, and he said, not knowing he was about to say bye to the humans. He said bye, humans, and I didn't catch it. That's my fault. It was itchy trigger finger to hit stop on the recording. Um. He said, bye, humans, and I missed it. I freaking missed it, humans. But he did say goodbye to you. Well, how do you like that? Now, I try... I walk this line, humans. I let things get under my skin. I let things get me into a twist. But then I also try to be very accepting of everyone else. And I think today, Pat... Showed me the light. Showed me the way. You know, I was all worked up. Oh, look at these damn pizza ovens. Oh, you know, <laughs> your culture's not my prom dress, man. My my, I build pizza ovens. I use a real pizza oven. It's stupid fly-by-night metal 
buy it, set it up on your home picnic table, pizza oven. I was all prepared to be upset about it and tear them down and trash them. And God bless Pat. He said, he's like, you know, there's a place for these. There's a place for these. Wow. And I still think that I, you know, I still have a little bit of an extra grind against them, but that's probably just me being macho. Me being a little macho. But wow, what an interesting conversation. What an interesting conversation. <laughs> Isn't it true, humans, though, when you start a project, it always goes so much longer than you think. But man, how about that? No, the wood, they were already going to like a wholesaler to get their wood. So smart. And then just like, now nah, we're going to just get some chainsaws and find trees all over Chicagoland. You don't see that in the Chicago shows on uh, NBC, do you, humans? Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, and whatever the police one is. You never, you never see like, you know... It'd be nice to see some realism to just like, you know, when they're driving by, having coffee, talking about whatever they talk about in those shows to drive by two citizens on the side of the road, sawing up a tree, throwing chunks into the back of a, not even the back, the back seat of a Mini Cooper. Thank you for coming on, Pat. That was a lot of fun. So humans, I promised you Arnold and here we are at the end of the show again, but we're going to get some Arnold. So, I've mentioned this many times, love pumping iron. And then there's this new Arnold documentary. I think it was on Netflix, but it's on something. And I was hesitant to watch it. And then one of my cousins was like, you got to check it out. It's pretty good. And I checked it out. It was interesting. You know, I think it's, it must be produced by Arnold because it's very his point of view. I wouldn't say it's journalistic. And maybe I've already said all this, but I just, sometimes I can't help. But think like Arnold. Or try to not think like him, but try to like <laughs> think of the way he talks. Because he has this amazing way of humble bragging that I really, it's it's so unique. It's so unique. At least I think it's unique. Where like, it's a humble brag. You know, we all know what a humble brag is. You know, when you say something to sound humble, but it's actually a brag. But he has this incredible way of doing it. And I mean, he thinks he's done it his whole life. He does it in Pumping Iron. And that was, what, from the 70s? But he just has this way of talking. And an example that, I mean, I just, so I've been trying to make up Arnoldisms in my head lately. And I made one up the other day. And let's, let's try this on and see if this fits. Because, you know, by the end of the documentary, he's he's single because, you know, him and Maria Shriver are no longer together. And I just feel like something that Arnold would say would be like, so I'm doing my reps, I'm doing my crunches, and I'm doing my abs, okay? And when I'm single, I'm just doing the back and forth, the back and forth, you know, the medicine ball with the crunches in the left to right and the back and forth and the back and the forth. And my medicine ball hates it when I'm single. My medicine ball hates it when I'm single because I'm doing the reps, okay? And I do not, I don't get tired, you know? Rep, 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 rep. I don't even need the rest. And I'm just back and forth, you know, working up a sweat, working up a pump. And my medicine ball is like, when's this guy going to put me down? When's this guy going to put me down? When's, when's he going to settle down again so I can go back into the corner and not be so active? 
because I don't even get tired. But my medicine ball screaming. It's screaming. It's like, settle down, you fool. Because he's dying. He's crying uncle. I've got my medicine ball crying uncle. When I'm just with the reps in the back and the fourth and the back and the fourth. And my abs, they're not even tired. There's a great pump. You know, I'm fine. But my medicine ball screaming. <laughs> I mean, humans, you know, forgive the impression or don't forgive it. I think it's a pretty good impression, frankly. But I think that's like, that to me is like, that's just, that's something he would say. He doesn't say that in the movie at all, but that's something he would say, you know, it's never him that's getting tired, you know, it would be that like this inanimate object is upset with, is upset with me, you know, it's just over there crying. It's like, please put me down. (laughs) But I think that's like, that's partially how he brags is like, it's not that he gets tired. It's that people around him or things around him do. And I want to look for more Arnold. I just want to make up a bunch of Arnoldisms or even maybe incorporate into my everyday life. You know, it's not that I can't type anymore. It's not that I can't keep typing at my job at my office job. It's just that the, the keyboard can't keep up. You know, I I get to work at nine o'clock and my keyboard's like, oh, no, oh, no, sit is back. Oh, I thought it was still Sunday. It's Monday. City's back. Oh, no. Now I'm going to be typed on all day long. <laughs> anyway, humans, I don't know. I don't know. I've been cracking myself up uh, with this. and Well, I don't know. Make up your own Arnoldisms and call them in. Listen to line at sydneyhollishow.com. Well, humans, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for spending your last day of summer with me. We made it. We didn't get a chance to talk Deer Hunter. Boy, is that the way this is going to go these days? We're just going to keep pushing. One thing is going to get dropped. We're going to pick it up the next week. That gives you more time. Watch Deer Hunter. It's on Netflix right now. Three hours. It's a fantastic film. Now, it's, 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 you know, it's a certain frame of mind. Don't go, don't go in not ready to take in a film. I don't want to. I don't want to sway you in any of which way, but know that you will be watching a film and know that it could do some things to your mood. But watch it. Humans, have a great equinox. I miss you. I love you. Peace and love. Peace and love.